You're listening to The Best Possible Taste with Sharon Noonan. Sponsored by thetaste.ie. Voted Ireland's best online food and drink magazine. Good evening and you're very welcome to this week's Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan and on tonight's programme, I travel to Limerick City to meet Tom Flavin and Claire Ann McEwan in the Limerick Strand Hotel to find out about a love food event that's taking place in the hotel this Friday, February the 9th. Caroline Gray, editor with Easy Food magazine, returns to give us an insight into what we can enjoy in the February issue. And no doubt there's lots of inspiration there for us to excel in the kitchen. And finally, our last guest this evening is Joey Kavanagh, who has details about a very exciting programme of events taking place in Dublin from February the 16th until March the 4th to celebrate the Chinese New Year. If at any point you would like to get in touch with me at the show, you can drop me an email to s.noonan at live.ie or tweet me at Queen of Org as in Queen of Organisation. So to start the show off tonight, we're off out on my travels. Tom Flavin is the executive chef at the Limerick Strand Hotel and along with his colleague, Claire Ann McEwen, they have a very exciting event taking place this Friday. I travelled to the hotel recently to sit down with them to find out more. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Tom and Claire Ann, thanks so much for having me here today in the Limerick Strand Hotel. You have a fabulous event coming up for Valentine's this Friday, the 9th of February. Mm-hmm. Yes, we do. We just, I suppose, because of our love in the Strand for local food and just pro- and supporting local producers, um, we said we. Well, it's Clarence's idea about putting a twist in it, about yeah. sipping into Valentine's. So for it's the Love of Food event, I suppose, inspired by Tom and his team's passion for local produce. Um, so as you said, you're on 9th of February, 7 o'clock. Um, it's a four-course tasting evening. Um, and we also have a representative here from the Seafood Estate in New Zealand. Um, so they're going to be pairing the wine with Tom's dishes. You have a great reputation here, Tom, for using local suppliers, local ingredients. Tell us about some of the suppliers that you use. Well, we have um, Curchase pork belly from Caroline Rigney, and we're pairing that with some Attie Flynn apples from Patrick Swell. Um, so we discovered them last year. We were out to see the estate. It's absolutely gorgeous, right in our doorstep. Um, we have some Doonbeg scallops, Skaganor duck, just all from the Wild Atlantic way, I suppose, as part of our Taste of Place menu. We just chose dishes that we regularly have on our Taste of Place menu in the restaurant and try and just promote the local. You're a Fulch Ireland food champion for the Wild Atlantic Way region. Has that really opened up the doors to a number of different suppliers along that route? I wouldn't say it's opened doors to suppliers, but it's just, I suppose, you get to know like-minded people in the business um, and people will contact you asking you for, I suppose, advice on who the suppliers are around this area and it's great like I had a guy come into me just this morning um, he's got a chicken supplier from West Limerick so he can make sure that, like at the moment we're buying it but it's, it's not always from Limerick some of it might be from North Tip or South Tipperary or you know it's always local it's always either Tipperary Kerry or Limerick but now I can ensure that it's always from West Limerick so it's fantastic. Because chicken is something that I think people are more and more determined to use Irish now. In the past they weren't asking the questions and you would certainly encourage diners to ask questions about where the food is from, where Uh, the ingredients are from. Yeah, absolutely. And you you can taste the difference. Like a chicken coming from Holland or Thailand or wherever 
is not going to be as fresh as a chicken coming from West Limerick. Do you know what I mean? You can really taste the difference. And it's, it's good to use ingredients for not only the chicken, not only the protein, but, you know, the, the vegetables and the potatoes and where are they coming from and how long have they been stored for and how long... Like, that's why the Atty Flynn apples from the estate out the road, they, they have a pressurised fridge that store the apples for nine months of the year, which is fantastic. But to eat the apples there in the orchard at autumn time, oh, my God, it's just stunning. Stunning. And they make fabulous apple juice as well, a lovely Beautiful. sparkling one yeah. as well as the still one. Yeah, and we make um, sorbet out of their apple juice. It's beautiful as well. Beautiful. Fabulous. Yeah. So that's one element of the, the dinner. And you're talking there about visiting Addy Flynn. You would take your chefs and the team mm-hmm. out to the different suppliers so they can see firsthand yeah. the growing process. Yeah. yeah, and the waiters and the wait, you know, the people who actually meet the guests. And it's just so that the waiters have an idea of where the apples are coming from or where the pork is coming from. You know, we, deserve, we designed this, um, this map of Ireland so you can show, especially some of the foreign and I suppose some of the Irish people as well wouldn't know exactly where Dune Beg is or mightn't know where Curra Chase is, for example. So now they know and the guests, you know, they can talk to the guests and it builds up a little bit of a banter between them as well as to where, how, how close the farm is from the hotel. Tell us about the video you made. Is it a couple of years ago now that you made the video? Yeah, it's two or three. Two or three years ago, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. we need to do an updated one. I think we need to do the second series. But it's great. It's a great day out. It's a great, you know, it's great for the guys to go and see the farms and meet the supplier. Like we know a lot of the suppliers anyway because the owner operator will, you know, a lot of the producers we use they don't have distribution companies. They actually come and deliver themselves. So all the chefs will know the suppliers anyway. But it's nice for them to see them in their own environment. You know, to meet Caroline Rigney on her farm and see that. She doesn't just produce pork, she has beef as well. She has chickens and ducks and she does. She has eggs. and It's an absolutely beautiful experience for the chefs to, to do something like that. And it's events like these then that give the local Limer people the opportunity to be introduced to these suppliers and get to taste the absolutely fantastic products that we have around us. The yeah. full four-course menu is all going to be locally produced so it introduces people to, to what's in the region. And sometimes the suppliers will come to the dinner as well. I'm not sure if we, who we haven't really decided who we were taking to this one but it'll be nice for the guests then to meet the supplier like last time we were sitting beside Pat Barry absolutely yeah you know, our supplier of beef from Croom and he's a character you know he's great and he brought his parents and his wife and like it was a lovely event nice for them to meet the guests and see their steak being cooked and it's great great I find that whenever you go to a lot of food related events now be it a food festival or a dinner like this there's nearly like a community there of people mm-hmm. who they've got to know each other through food related events yeah it's like like minded people it's like a network absolutely so we try to host these once a quarter maybe once every two months and we have a lot of repeat customers that come back and as you said it becomes a community and friends and it's, it's a bit of fun at the end of the yeah, night it's a great night it's a great night and the wine must help tell us about the wine supply so for this event we've decided to go with the um, Seafried Estate, they're from New Zealand. One of the main reasons we went with them is um, they're a member of the sustainable wine growing region in New Zealand. So I suppose to match Tom's passion for local sustainable food, that's why we decided to go with them. So there's going to be a representative here in the night from the estate um, and they're going to pair the wine with each course and talk you through exactly what you're tasting. So at each course then there'll be a little bit of discussion about what the ingredients yes. are, what the wine is. Absolutely. So it, you know, you're know you learning as you go as well. Absolutely, yeah. It's like a workshop. But not a hard work no, workshop. No, 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 it's a fun no, no. night. It's and it's a Friday night. evening as well so people can relax and enjoy it. Absolutely. And it's great value I think. Yes, so all in. So there's a welcome drink on arrival, our four-course meal prepared by Tom and his team, and then the wine pairing with each course, all for €39 Euros per person. It's fabulous value. It's super value. We wanted to make it, um, I suppose, accessible for a lot of people to come and try. 
Plus, and I these suppose events. we want to promote it too. Like, it's not a money-making event. It's no. more of a building the community and building the food network around yeah. Limerick. That's that's what we're about. It's like, of course, we need to make money. We don't want to lose anything, but it's not about huge profit either. And you're both members of the Limerick Food Group, which has done a huge amount of work promoting the food scene in yeah. Limerick City and County. And Pig Town was a very successful festival last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we're really excited. We're, we've so much happening this year as Absolutely, well. Absolutely, yeah. We're going to be a lot more equipped and a lot better. I suppose, having done it once already, we know where the challenges are and we know the mistakes we made. And the learning there were curve. Very few. Absolutely, um, yeah. It's going to be great. So we're planning and hosting another one in September. We'll have a few more little events between here and then, so it's going to be great. One thing that's always struck me about Limerick City and the the hotels in particular in Limerick City is that you're great to collaborate with each other. You're great to work together if you need staff, if you need help at different events, or if you want to get another hotel involved in an event. They always seem to be very open to that. Absolutely, because I suppose we don't just sell the hotel. It's all about destination Limerick and driving Limerick City and driving Limerick County and promoting Limerick as a destination in the country. Anybody that comes to the city, they are always blown away by Mm. how beautiful it is, how much there is to do here, and in particular, the food. Yeah, and that's what we were about. We need to just stand up and shout about it. I, like, we know the produce is good. We know the destination. You know, the restaurants mm-hmm. are good. The hotels are good. The milk market is, you know, it's probably the best in Ireland. So mm-hmm. why aren't we shouting louder about it? I think everybody needs to get on board. And now is your chance to come in on the 9th of February, meet the team, and we'll all shout together. And if people want to travel down from outside the city and stay overnight, is there a package available there for them? Absolutely, yes. We're offering an overnight package. They can come, check in, relax, enjoy the dinner. Overnight accommodation, breakfast here in the restaurant, and then obviously the milk market is open every Saturday morning, so an opportunity to visit some of the suppliers in the milk market. And the rates are available on our website, strandlimerick.ie. And for people that want to do something a bit different on the food scene, Limerick Carriage Tours, you collaborated with them as part of one of the events during pig town that looked amazing that sarah and and her horse and carriage and yeah. driver arrived at the hotel and, and took people around different parts of the city and they're busy almost every weekend you need to book them in advance i think in advance yeah but we do work with them and it is an opportunity to do beautiful tours around the city they bring you right down to king john's castle and right along the river which is in front of the hotel but it's a nice way to get to see the city because the hotel is in a beautiful location here very close to the city center walking distance yeah. but as you say there is a fantastic view out over for the River Shannon. It's lovely. It's it really is. Like you, you've got the bridge just right there. The carriage tours will come and collect you. And they do the three bridges, so they'll t- they'll take you wherever you want to go, really. And it's really, really good value. I can't quote the prices no. now, but when I heard it, I was like, oh my god, that sounds really good. Mm-hmm. And the carriage is perfectly designed for the glasses of prosecco and everything. Sarah went to, to great lengths to make sure that it was. Uh, champagne or bubbles friendly yeah, yeah. It and it's great for groups as well you get a lot of girly groups coming to the city who would base themselves here for the weekend and we're just across the bridge so they'll collect them and bring them into town um, when they're finished their dinner here it's a really nice idea fantastic well listen just remind us there Claire Anne to finish off all the details about the, the Love Food and Wine event and where people can get more details and to book so yeah, as you said, Sharon, it's for the Love of Food um, event taking place February 9th um, at 7 o'clock here at the Strand Hotel, so it's a Friday night. Welcome drink, four-course meal prepared by Tom Flavin and wine pairing with um, Seafried Estate, and it's €39 Euros per person. Reservations are essential. You can call the hotel on 061-421-800 or pop onto our website and you can see all the information and book your place there. And the web address is? www.strandlimerick.ie. Fantastic.
fantastically Ran. Tom, thanks so much for talking to me today. Thanks, Aaron. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste with Sharon Noonan. Sponsored by thetaste.ie. Voted Ireland's best online food and drink magazine. You're very welcome back to The Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan and just before the break, I was in the Limerick Strand Hotel with Executive Chef Tom Flavin and Claire Ann McEwan. And what a fantastic event it sounds like this Friday in great value. If you're just tuning in and you missed that and you want to catch up on Best Possible Taste, you can do so on West Limerick 102 FM when it's repeated on Wednesday mornings at 8am. And the podcasts, they're available to listen to on SharonNoonan.com as well as iTunes and the podcast app. And the podcast is also on the taste.ie website, voted Ireland's best online digital food and drink magazine. Still to come tonight, I'll be putting a call in to Joey Kavanagh, who has details about a very exciting programme of events taking place in Dublin from February the 16th until March the 4th to celebrate the Chinese New Year. But before that, it's time to find out what we can enjoy in the latest issue of Easy Food magazine. Editor Caroline Gray joins us on the line now. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Caroline, how are you keeping? It seems like a long time since we last spoke. I know. Yeah, I'm doing really well, Sharon. Thanks. Um, yeah, it's just been, you know, start of the new year, getting back into it. But uh, busy, busy as always. <laughs> and the February issue of Easy Food magazine is on the shelves now. And this month you don't have a, a guest editor as such, but you have a very iconic brand and food outlet. Yes. Tell us about that. Exactly. Yep, so we have um, some of our favorite recipes from Avoca. Um, and, you know, Avoca Handweavers, they have obviously locations across the country. And one of the just most stunning things about it is just their, just their food. I mean, between their food halls, their cafes, their restaurants, um, you know, it's one of those places that we in the Easy Food Office have always just loved so much. And then kind of getting involved with them a little bit more over the last few years it just solidified it. Um, I mean, we've been lucky to kind of go to their kitchens and kind of see behind the scenes and um, like that, just kind of seeing the effort and the love that goes into all the food they make and that it's very much, even though it's, you know, kind of prepared meals, they're very adamant that nothing that goes into their food would be anything that you wouldn't put in yourself at home. So they actually, um, from what I remember, they don't actually use any dried any dried um, like herbs, even like there's somebody whose job is just to actually like zest lemons and zest limes to make sure that everything that goes into the food is really, really fresh. But we were delighted just to be able to feature some of our favorite recipes from some of their cookbooks. And um, one of my personal favorites from there is just their scones. I mean, as like simple as they are, it's just one of those treats. And so we have recipe um, for those in there. And then they have, um, I think one of their most famous ready meals is their chicken and broccoli crumble they said it's just one of their absolute best sellers so they were very generous in sharing the recipe with us as well in this issue so yeah you can just kind of find some of your favorites in there and and if you haven't gone yourself this is kind of the perfect opportunity to maybe like try out one of the recipes and um like that i mean they're just so stunning you definitely won't be disappointed well they certainly are one of ireland's leading food producers in the cafes the clothes everything that they do there the giftware exactly you could spend hours there and just get lost in any of their outlets (laughs) around the country oh definitely that's the thing i mean it's, it's just kind of like 
you know, a black hole in the best possible way. Whenever you go, like you said, between, you know, the housewares and the clothes. And I suppose just for us, it's, it's always the food that draws us in. But like you come for the food, stay for everything else. And, you know, for everybody else, it might be the opposite. But um, yeah, you just can't go wrong. Uh, February is jam-packed with various different significant dates, let's say. So next Tuesday is Pancake Tuesday already. We have Valentine's Day next week as well and Chinese mm-hmm. New Year. So it's a busy week next week whenever it comes to maybe cooking up yeah. cul- culinary dishes that yeah. are in keeping with the date. Mm-hmm, exactly. So, you know, it's one of those, I think, um, you know, we were when we were putting February together, it's kind of, it seems like a, a almost a lost month sometimes when you think about it, because it's not Christmas, you know, you're not really into, say, like Easter and barbecue in the summer yet, but it's really jam-packed with events, so, especially foodie events. So, like you said, we, um, you know, we kick it off with Pancake Tuesday, so we have some just, uh, you know, really nice pancake recipes in there, whether you like kind of the fluffy kind or the um, traditional thin pancakes, um, you know, obviously lots of filling ideas, and, um from there, yes, Valentine's Day, again, it's, you know, especially when you're into food and, you know, for some of us, especially a lot of us that just love to cook, you know, it's such a great time to maybe make something special at home, uh, you know, and even if it's for somebody else or if it's for a group of friends or even if you're treating yourself. But um, we have a really nice, luxurious uh, three-course meal just um in the feet, in the magazine here. So, again, it's kind of a, a nice little something special to cook up. Uh, and then that, that way you kind of avoid the crowds, the, the madness that is uh, restaurants on Valentine's Day. Um, and then, yeah, and then getting straight into Chinese New Year, we have some really nice uh, stir-fry recipes and kind of a little bit of everything. Um, you know, there's some vegetarian ones. There's some, we have this really lovely one, um, kind of a mushroom and noodle version. Uh, and then there's one that's a kind of a nice little Irish twist on them. There's kind of like a lamb and potato stir-fry. So again, you can kind of do a little bit of everything, but it's like, because it's on a Friday, you know, we were thinking it's such a great idea to maybe have some friends over, do a little party at your house. Um, and as well as the stir fry recipes, um, we have some uh, top tips for actually just use uh, kind of getting started with stir fry. So in terms of the heat and uh, kind of getting all your ingredients ready and just, you know, it's such a quick cooking method. Um, so yeah, so just some tips for stir frying and using walks, you know, whether you have a walk or not, um, you know, it's kind of a nice handy piece to invest in, but yeah, so it was just, you know, in that week alone, like you said, there are so many events going on and it's kind of a great time to just get in the kitchen and have a bit of fun. And, and the easy junior section, they have little hearts there, is it, that they can make yeah, with the little biscuits? They are. Yeah. So like that, I mean, like kids obviously always kind of love to get involved. And so we're kind of calling them little uh, sweethearts for your sweetheart. So they're kind of this little shortbread um, heart biscuit. And then um, there's just some easy glaze, uh, an easy glaze that they can top that with and decorate as they like. Or if they're, you know, maybe a little bit older or they're feeling more adventurous, um, there's instructions there for how they could kind of pipe on the icing and then even use piping or um, kind of an, a pen that has like the edible ink to kind of draw little messages on it. So do you know the little candy sweethearts you give to somebody? It's sort of like a homemade biscuit version of those. So again, like, I mean, it's, it's, I suppose with these, with these events that are coming up, you know, they're, it's nice that they're not as high stress nearly as sometimes something like Christmas or when you're cooking for a huge crowd, you know, between pancake Tuesday, between Valentine's day and especially, you know, and um, Chinese new year, you can really have a lot of fun with them. So like that, the kids can get involved. It's not like you really need to 
be pulling out all the stops. But, you know, it's a really, really fun time, again, just to kind of be in the kitchen. And of course, Pancake Tuesday doesn't have to be about sweet pancakes. There's lots of different mm-hmm. savoury options there, which I much prefer, to be honest. Yeah, it's, it's you know, it's such a funny thing because I suppose... Um, you know, traditionally we do think of like say lemon and sugar or kind of like a Nutella filling. Um, but kind of the more you talk to people, it's it's great to see that there's so many um, people that really would prefer savory pancakes. So like that, we kind of have some nice ideas. Um, you know, there's like a really nice like ham and cheese and tomato relish version. And then one of the favorites that we did in the office was um, like a caprese pancake. So it's kind of the, you know, the... Uh, fresh basil and mozzarella and tomato and then like a nice balsamic glaze and the best thing of the part those is like you know if you were making them you were getting home on tuesday you know it's the perfect dinner um idea have it with like a nice light salad and then i'm sure you're going to have leftover pancakes and then have your dessert with them as well so yeah definitely it's all about kind of mixing it up and like it's as easy as can be to put it together but that way you are catering for people that you know would prefer a savory pancake and of course something that you can include in the pancakes if you want to spice it up are different spices and there's a couple of different articles there like Jocelyn is talking about chilies. Yep, definitely. Um yeah um in this month's article or in this month's feature, um Jocelyn interviewed um kind of the Rebel Chili Company. Um and they're based in Cork and they just have such an amazing range of uh chilies and jams and chutneys. And um, we did a really amazing um, recipe for, uh, it was like slow cooked pork belly and this like raspberry chili jam and kind of making flatbreads out of those. But, you know, as you said, kind of as we were making them, we're like, wow, this would be actually perfect in pancakes even. And, um, you know, just kind of switch it up. So like that, there's kind of no end to what you could really do with it. And um, definitely any of those Rebel Chili products uh, would be absolutely stunning. Um, kind of included in the Pancake Tuesday repertoire. And turmeric is something else that you're talking about. You have a nutritionist there, Amy Megan. She mm-hmm. talks about why it's more than a superfood. And I have heard yeah. a lot of people who have rheumatoid arthritis talk mm-hmm. a lot about turmeric and how that can help alleviate the pain from that. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yep, so we're kind of, you know, what we're getting into here is like turmeric. We would often like use it in different um you know, recipes and stuff, but being a functional food, it's, it's meaning that it's doing more than essentially what it needs to do. Like it, it has such a wealth of the nutritional benefits. And like you said, um, between kind of alleviating symptoms of arthritis or um, even just, it was talking about like it can help lower blood pressure. And it's one of these things that like it, you see really kind of cropping up in different places. Um, and Amy's listed some ideas just on how to work it into kind of everyday cooking, um, you know, and it's, it's really recognizable in that in a lot of, um, you know, uh, especially like Indian cuisine and some Asian cuisine just for kind of giving that really bright, vibrant orange hue to dishes. Uh, but it's, it's really lovely kind of even stirred through um, porridge for kind of a nice little twist on that. And Amy's talking about how even a lot of coffee shops now are offering turmeric lattes. Um, so there's, uh, I think Starbucks in, in, in the UK is doing it, but actually insomnia here in Ireland are now offering turmeric lattes. So, um, you know, they're really kind of creeping up uh, across the globe, kind of in some like kind of trendy cafes. And it, I've had one. They're totally, they're really nice. They're really tasty. And you kind of feel a bit, um, you know, you're kind of doing the right thing by ordering that over, say, like a, 
I don't know, a hot chocolate or something. <laughs> Absolutely, though it is very hard to pass the hot chocolates in some occasions. I know, I know. That's me. It's all, it's all about balance. <laughs> Just to finish off then, you have um, an article called Repertoire Recipes. And I know some people might think that they have recipes that they make again and again and again. They get a bit bored with them. But in actual fact, those staple recipes are so important to ensure that yeah. you're feeding yourself and your family quick, easy, nutritious food. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. So we kind of, um, yeah, is you know, it's just like you said, I think it's sometimes you get, you can feel like you're getting in a rut just because you're, you are cooking the same thing maybe over and over again. So these repertoire recipes, they're sort of little twists on things that you might, um, you know, there's like uh, a really nice twist on kind of like a curry and um, like braised chicken. So sort of dishes that you, you more or less, you know, the basics of and you know, how to make them, but sort of just even adding a little bit of a different dimension in terms of um, a new ingredient or uh, even just serving it a different way. They're the kinds of things that um, these are the recipes that, again, you kind of just need to have sort of in your mental kind of, I suppose, like recipe index. And you can pull out time and time again and just use even on those busy weeknights. But like that, you know, we love to have fun and do kind of different features in the magazine, just kind of like pushing the boundaries a bit, but we also love to make sure give to give these fallback staple recipes. You know, again, it's always answering like, what's for dinner? What am I going to make tonight? So exactly, these repertoire recipes are the ones that we found were just like the kind that, you know what, like you would want to make these over and over again. They're not necessarily for a special occasion or they're not for entertaining. It's just the ones that, these are the ones you might want to like clip out and kind of put in the family cookbook type of thing. Fantastic. Well, another great issue, Caroline. Thanks so much for telling us about it tonight. It's out in in all good news agents and supermarkets, so people should definitely pick up a copy. And we look forward to talking to you next month about the March issue. Yeah, thanks so much, Sharon. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste with Sharon Noonan. Sponsored by thetaste.ie. Voted Ireland's best online food and drink magazine. Welcome back to The Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan and just before the break, Caroline Gray, editor of Easy Food magazine, had details about what we can enjoy in the latest issue. And earlier in the programme, I was in the heart of Limerick City at the Limerick Strand Hotel with executive chef Tom Flavin and Claire Ann McEwan to find out all about the Love Food event taking place in the hotel this Friday. And a quick reminder, if you missed it earlier, the evening in the Strand Hotel opens with a welcome drink, followed by an amazing four-course wine tasting dinner featuring the best local and seasonal ingredients served in the River Restaurant. And that's a beautiful restaurant with a view out over the Shannon. And Caroline Rigney, who I visited on the programme last week, her Curachias pork belly is on the menu and it's extremely delicious. Each course is matched with wines from the renowned Seafried Estates in New Zealand and the dinner is great value I think, 39 euros and if you visit strandlimerick.ie you'll get more details. But if you want to hear that interview in full and you're just tuning in, you can catch up on Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM when it's repeated on Wednesday mornings at 8am. Perfect for the drive to school, I find. And the podcasts are available to listen to on SharonNoonan.com, as well as iTunes and the podcast app. And it's also on the taste.ie website, voted Ireland's best online digital food and drink magazine. 
Now, time for the final interview of this evening, and it's with Joey Kavanagh. Joey is the marketing manager for the Dublin Chinese New Year Festival. It starts on February the 16th, and it runs until March the 4th. And there's a very exciting and impressive and interesting programme of events to mark the Year of the Dog. To find out more, let's talk to Joey. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Joey, you're very welcome to the programme. Thanks so much for taking the call. And you're going to tell us all about the Dublin Chinese New Year Festival. Yes, uh, the Dublin Chinese New Year Festival returns for its 11th year um, from the 16th of February to the 4th of March. Um, So this year we're welcoming the Year of the Dog and we have a a really great programme lined up um, of events that will hopefully cater to members of the Chinese community in Ireland and uh, maybe people with a little bit less exposure to um, Chinese culture as well. Tell us a bit about the history of the Chinese New Year and why it doesn't coincide with the calendar New Year. Well, it, I suppose the Chinese New Year, is, it's, the, it's also known as the Lunar New Year. So it, it's dictated by the, the, the moon cycle. Um, so it's, it's kind of interesting in terms of the festival as well. Our dates kind of shift year on year um, according with the the moon cycle as well um so yeah it's a hu- it's a huge celebration it's one of, it's 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 uh, one of the biggest celebrations worldwide um in terms of i suppose the, the, the there's a mass migration back to china around this time of year as well everyone um is just trying to be with friends and family to mark this uh, occasion and so it's, it is really nice i suppose for, for members of the chinese community in ireland that they're there are ways to celebrate it here as well without, without being in China. And you say it's the year of the dog and it's always the year of a particular animal. Why is that? I, that's, I suppose there, there are 12 um, different zodiac animals and each, so I suppose if you're born in a particular year, you're assigned a um, a different zodiac. So I was born in 1986, so I'm a, a tiger. So um, and this, the cycle runs every 12 years. And then I suppose on top of that, we have kind of a six-year cycle as well in terms of different elements. Uh, so this year, year is the year of the Earth Dog. So it's the first time that we're celebrating the Earth Dog uh, since 1958. And uh, each each zodiac animal has different attributes. So I suppose as you can imagine with the dog, there's a, um, uh, a kind of a trait of loyalty. And uh, I suppose the, the dogs are also known for being quite uh, romantic as well. Um, and there are, again, with each year, there are lucky numbers and lucky colours. So this year, the, the colours are uh, red, purple and green. Um, so as we try to reflect that in, in the, the branding for the festival this year and uh, try and keep it as authentic as, as possible. Why did they decide to set up the festival 10 years ago? I suppose there, there had been um, a, a smaller festival. Or sorry, there, there was, a, there was a, an attempt made by members of the Chinese community here in in Dublin, um, I suppose, particularly in the, the I suppose, the first um, ten, 10 years after the millennium, there was a, a real uh, growth in the number of, of uh, Chinese people in Ireland, uh, students, and I suppose first and second um, emigrants uh, as well, generation emigrants as well. Uh, so in, in 2008, uh, Dublin City Council um, got involved as well and, and became the principal funder of the festival, so it was kind of a way to celebrate um, 
the Lunar New Year, which is which I suppose this festival is the Dublin Chinese New Year festival, but the Lunar New Year is is kind of celebrated um, in in many countries across Asia in different guises as well. So it is an, it's a nice way for for members of the Asian community to be able to 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 celebrate um, at a, at, a, at a time of year that that is very important to them, uh, and also it's 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 as, as uh, Ireland and China, the ties between Ireland and China have, have been growing stronger and stronger. So it is a nice way to celebrate the kind of the Sino-Irish relationship as well. This year we're going to have um, direct flights starting from Hong Kong to Dublin, and it's likely likely that we'll have direct flights from Beijing to Dublin as well. So the number of, of Chinese visitors to Ireland has in- increased year on year, uh, and there are I suppose strengthening ties between the, the two countries. So it's a nice way to to mark that relationship. Well, the programme is jam-packed, um, young and old, families, singles, couples, there's something for everybody there. There's free events, there's paid events, and a number of the events are actually already booked out, I see, on the on the website. Give us a few examples of the types of events that are taking place during the festival. Yeah, I suppose because this is the year of the dog, we've tried to reflect that in the programme. So we have quite a few canine-themed events and uh, some some interesting ones as well. So we have a um, a, a dog life-drawing class where people can go and take out their pencils and paper and, and, and sketch some dogs. Um, we have a a tour of the, the National Museum of Ireland as well and looking specifically at, at the dogs that are in the... the uh, sorry, the National Gallery of Ireland, excuse me, um, and the, looking at the dogs that are featured in the, in the paintings there. Um, we have a, an, an Irish writer, actually, uh, David Blake Knox. He's going to be discussing his book, The Curious History of Irish Dogs, which kind of explores the nine native breeds of um, of, uh, of dogs in Ireland. Uh, and we have actually, we've, we've paired him with a, with a Dublin-based uh, Chinese artist, Angela Wang. So, He's going to give a lecture and she's going to kind of illustrate the different uh, species or the different breeds, sorry, species is the wrong word, uh, breeds that he uh, is describing as well and has written in his book. Um, this was, food is, is, a, is always a big feature in the festival, so we do have uh, a huge number of, of food events this year as well. I think um, Irish people definitely have a, have a taste for Chinese cuisine. Uh, so we've teamed up with uh, Carol's Irish Gift to run a series of events in and around the Parnell Street area of uh, Dublin, which which is, I suppose, sometimes referred to as the unofficial Chinatown of Dublin. If you look up Google Maps, uh, it comes up as being uh, Chinatown, even though it doesn't have any official status. Um, so we're running lots of events in the, in the restaurants around there. We'll have a hot pot night where people can go and uh, gather around a, a vat of, of boiling broth and hopefully escape the, the chilly temperatures that we're experiencing this time of year. And uh, we'll have a, a gallivanting gourmet tour as well, which is kind of like a mystery tour where people will go to a number of different uh, Chinese restaurants um, on Pernell Street, and they'll be able to uh, uh, they'll have a course in each in each restaurant and learn a little bit about the particular um, cooking style that, that's associated with that or the the region in China from which the the recipe comes. Um, beyond that, I suppose there is quite a, a few events. To, that cater to, to families, I suppose, as well. And we do want to make the festival as, as inclusive as possible. Um, so there's one huge event that we have, uh, this is the third year now, and we run it in the CHQ building, um, and it's called the Spring Festival Fair, and it's happening the Saturday 24th and, and Sunday 25th of February. Uh, it's based on, I suppose, the, the Chinese temple fairs, 
and uh, there's lots and lots happening. It's free to attend, really suitable for, for families and young kids. And we'll have um, workshops, we'll have demonstrations by I suppose, Tai Chi and Kung Fu and uh, Chinese dancing. We'll have kind of a fashion show of kind of traditional Chinese dress. Uh, lots of workshops for, for kids. We're going to have um, food stalls as well. So we'll have um, Asian markets who I suppose are quite well known here in, in, in Dublin for, for, for stocking authentic Chinese ingredients. Uh, so they'll be, they'll be set up there and uh, we'll have a number of, of stalls as well and we'll have um, fairground rides and uh, lots and lots of stuff happening. So I suppose that's a really big event for us. And then, I suppose, but there are lots of, as you, as you mentioned, there's, there's, there's a really broad range of events. So we've got um, workshops and film screenings. We have uh, a screening of uh, well, a film I'm really looking forward to, which is China's Van Gogh's, which is based on... Um, I suppose a, a community in 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 China that that have become really expert in in recreating uh, paintings by Vincent Van Gogh, and it kind of follows the journey of uh, one of one of the painters as he got, travels to Europe and actually gets to see the real paintings in uh, in person. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that one, and uh, yeah, a, re- a really um, big mix event. We like we like to think there's there's something for everyone. So it's catering to the Chinese community in, in Ireland, people with little or no ex- exposure to Chinese culture. And then a lot of a lot of events will kind of straggle it too, and and we do we do make an effort to make it um, lots of events bilingual, so that so that um, Chinese, native Chinese speakers and uh, I suppose non Chinese speakers can can go to the events and enjoy them as well. Well, it certainly sounds very diverse, and that there is a lot for a lot of variety there in terms of the program. You're talking about workshops and exhibitions and movie screenings Chinese tea ceremonies is something else that had had caught my eye I and there like there's lots of food extravaganzas there as well there's a lot of collaboration involved in putting the program together so tell us about some of the partners that you have yeah we're very lucky to work with as Dublin City Council are the, are the, are the main um, uh, supporters of the festival and then we work with a, an advisory panel as well which, are, which is kind of made up of uh, members of different members of the the Chinese community in in Dublin, uh, who kind of represent different uh, interests and different perspectives as well. So, and um, we're very lucky to have some some really great partnerships. And uh, we work with the the Trinity College uh, Centre for Asian Studies as well. So they program a series of free lectures, uh, and we've got we've got three lectures, and um, potentially a fourth one that we're going to be adding um, on in, in Trinity College uh, throughout the festival. We also work very closely with the UCD Confucius Institute. Um, and they are actually going to be, uh, so they're, they're organizing the opening event for this, this, the festival this year. So Chinese New Year's Day falls on Friday, the 16th of February. And then in the uh, convention center, we'll have a big, uh, what's called a spring festival gala, uh, a big, um, performance. And we're inviting two guest troops from, from China to come and perform at that. So it's going to be a kind of a, uh, an arts, performing arts troupe. And then we will have some Shaolin monks as well doing uh, kung fu. So um, I was I attended the event last year, and, and it was really, um, really quite spectacular. So uh, I'm really looking forward to that one as well. And we're and we're, we're grateful to have uh, Kildare Village as well um, sponsoring that event. Uh, in terms of the other partnerships, we work a lot, with a lot of the, the the national organizations as well. So we have um, workshops in the the National Museum as well. And uh, we, as I mentioned earlier on, we, we have some events in the National Gallery. You, you did mention the, the Chinese tea ceremony there. And 
and then I suppose this year we, what we did as well, we we, we had a call out. So, so I suppose to try and uh, diversify the program, we had a call out for for um, event proposals, and we got some really lovely events um, through through that. So uh, we have um, a, a series of workshops at the, the tower buildings. Uh, so there's going to be again catering to people young and old. So we have a dog costume art workshop where kids can come along and uh, make their own. Uh, kind of do some crafts and, and make their own dog costume, and then I suppose there's a there's a, a five week course which is a bit more of an undertaking for um, people with a big interest, I suppose, in, in Chinese culture, uh, looking at, at symbolism in in Chinese art as well. So uh, so yeah, so so it's it's been a real great addition to the program actually taking on on board these proposals, and, and we got proposals from sort of members of the Chinese community and from from Irish people as well with a, with a strong interest in in Chinese or or Asian culture. You've mentioned a couple of events there that you're particularly looking forward to, the movie screening, and you sounded very passionate about the Kung Fu there when you were talking about it. What are your top three events that you think people should not miss during the festival? I think what, it's essential to go to the, the Spring Festival Fair on the Saturday 24th and 25th. It's going to be, it's, it's like last year it was a one-day event, this year it's expanded to a two-day event, and we, we had a huge turnout last year, and it was really, it was really something for everyone there, and uh, we'll be running all day in the in the CHQ and it's um, free of charge and, and really it's a great event to bring kids along to as well because it's lots of colour. We'll have the, the traditional uh, lion and unicorn dancers and uh, I think it, it's going to be a really fun day for the family and um, yeah, so I think that's definitely one to, to catch. Um, another one that I think I'm really looking forward to is uh, we have, we're, we have a, a, a comedian called Ken Cheng uh, and his, his his show is called Chinese Comedian, um, and he's he w- he was voted the funniest joke of the the Edinburgh Fringe. The, the the joke itself, I actually can't remember off the top of my head, but yeah, he's he's had a really good run at the Edinburgh Fringe last year, and um, so he's going to come over from London uh, and perform in the International Bar on the second of March. Uh, so I think that's going to be kind of a, a a quirky one, I suppose. Because he, he's, it's a lot, the comedy is all on on wordplay, wordplay based on wordplay, and then I suppose. In terms of the, of the food, I think uh, a great event would be um, Alice's uh, Chinese Food Tour, which is an event that we're running with, the, uh, I suppose, a culinary expert, I suppose, is, is a way to describe her. And she's going to be, she runs tours in Dublin as well. And so you, you, you visit three different uh, restaurants and at the end of the tour, you get a, a goodie bag as well. But I, I think even, I could go on and on and on. There is really lots to um explore within the program and I suppose uh, people might have their, their own particular interests uh, but lots of, as you mentioned lots of the events are, are free of charge and, and many of them are, are family and family friendly as well so, so hopefully there, there's something there for everyone Where is the best place for listeners to go to to get more information about dates and times and free events and how much some other events are and to book those particular events the best place to go is, is DublinChineseNewYear.com and, and there's a full listing of events there. We're, we're still adding events uh, to, to the program um, and uh, there is information there about whether you need to book or whether you can just kind of turn up on, on spec um, and also you'll find information there about whether there is availability because as you mentioned, a couple of the events are booking up at this stage. Um, also, I suppose that you can look out for our eye-catching um, Year of the Dog brochures as well so they'll be distributed. Um, throughout Dublin and, and to, to, I suppose, to Chinese restaurants.
lessons and takeaways um, throughout the country as well. Fantastic, Joey. Thanks so much for telling us about it tonight. It sounds like a really amazing festival. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people having a lot of fun during it and best of luck with it. I hope so. Thank you very much. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Thanks again to Joey and what a great festival to look forward to. And that brings us to the end of tonight's show. Be sure to get in touch with all your food and drink news, stories and recipes. Drop me a line anytime to s.nunan at live.ie. Thanks for tuning in and to all of my guests this evening, Tom Flavin, Claire Ann McEwan, Caroline Gray and Joey Kavanagh. I'll be back at the same time next Tuesday. So until then, be safe. Bon appétit. Thanks for listening to The Best Possible Taste with Sharon Noonan. Sponsored by thetaste.ie. Voted Ireland's best online food and drink magazine. To get in touch with The Best Possible Taste, email Sharon at SharonNoonan.com or tweet Sharon at Queen of Org. As in, Queen of Organisation. Bon appétit. <laughs>